Welcome to the Sports Leadership Podcast, where leaders in sport get practical, relevant insight to help them take their leadership to the next level and become leaders worth following. Now for your hosts, Kevin DeShazo and Mark Hodgkin. Welcome back to episode 29 of the Sports Leadership Podcast. I am Mark Hodgkin, along with my co-host, Kevin DeShazo. Kevin, how are we doing today? Fantastic. Uh, it's hot in Oklahoma. Uh, it's probably hot in Florida. Uh, we're Very both, so. both air-conditioned rooms with the beauty of technology talking over our computers about sports and about leadership. So uh, life, life is good. Can't really complain. Absolutely. It's a fun time of year. Definitely starting to see it. Uh, you know, a lot of the people that we interact with, a lot of people who are good enough to listen to our podcast are kind of hunkering down for a long academic and athletic season. I love the fact that we have football this week, actually here in Orlando with the uh, Florida-Miami game. And then obviously for the next 12 to 15 weeks, we'll have uh, it as well. So fun time of year. You know, we're definitely thinking about a lot of the folks who have big responsibilities coming up and are kind of hunkering down for the long term. And that's kind of what we want to talk about today is really how we uh, how we start things. So, you know, we're going to have a, have a good chat kind of on, on getting started, uh, being there for, um, for what you're doing and, uh, and moving forward. Yeah, it should be, should be a lot of fun. I think how we start things is really important, uh, and especially when we start a new school year, starting a new season, how we do that matters, right? And, we, and as we've talked about, again, we mentioned this probably on every single episode um, that we, we've done so far. Uh, we want to be intentional with how we start. We want to bring the right energy, bring the right focus, bring the right perspective. And so that's what we, that's what we want to talk about in, in this episode and, and dig into of, of what that looks like and, and how we can start the right way um, and then try to maintain that throughout the course of the year, throughout the course of a season, uh, as our to-do list gets longer, as, as we get busier, uh, as more stress gets added to our plate, figuring out ways to take what we start and the energy that we start with and making that last. Absolutely. I think you're right. How we start definitely matters and not to get into too many cliches, but you know, you never get a, a second chance to make a first impression. So how you kind of get off on the right foot, it, uh, it definitely matters. And I think this will be a good, good thing to dive into. So uh, we'll be back in a minute to get a little bit more into this topic. Okay. So we are back episode 29 of the sports leadership podcast. And we are talking about how to start. Uh, you know, we're at the start of a new year, the new season for a lot of you out there listening. Um, obviously, this was kind of just coming through the slow part of the sports schedule, a lot of off season. But now uh, we are back. We have football camps ready to go. Soccer in college is already playing. And, uh, you know, we're we're pretty much there. So, so Kevin, wanted to kind of kick it over to you to start. Uh, what are the things you would tell uh, the, the people you're out there visiting with on campus and, and talking to? What would you tell them about how to get started in the right way? Yeah, again, we kind of mentioned this in the intro, but but starting is such a critical thing, right? Because if you think of think of a, a runner or a race, if you stumble out of the gate, it's hard to, to catch up after that, right? All of a sudden, doubt starts creeping in and frustration starts creeping in, and that kind of sets the tone for your whole race, for your whole run, for your whole event. And, and so I think that's true for, for us in the sports world as well. As we start a new school year, as we start new seasons, um, you want to start off on the right foot. And so I think as you cast vision, as you stir up belief and stir up hope and stir up positivity, 
you want to be really intentional with that at the beginning of the year. You want to start the, the year with a lot of energy. And this isn't fake rah-rah enthusiasm. It's not what I'm talking about. You just want to be really intentional and really clear about what's possible, about where what you're running toward for this year, for this season, and, and that it's going to take all of us to get there. So you want to remind people that you care about them, remind them that the work that they're doing matters, remind them that they matter to you, and just stir up a lot of belief, stir up a, a lot of optimism, because that's what, the, that's what beginnings are all about, right? Uh, I love, and we may have talked about it on this podcast before, but Patrick Murphy, the, the softball coach, uh, national championship winning softball coach at, at Alabama, he and I had a conversation one time and he's got a great phrase. I asked him, I said, how do you keep your team motivated in a long season, right? Where you've got wins and losses and you don't want to get too high after a win, too low after a loss. And he said, every day is opening day, right? Because on opening day, you have anything's possible, right? Championship is still possible. Belief is high. Um, you believe in your teammates, you believe in yourself, you believe in the mission. And so I think that's the mindset of, of, uh, being on campus at the beginning of a new year is it's opening day, right? So you want to, you want to kind of capture all that belief and hope and optimism for your team. Yeah, totally. It, it, it always reminds me a little bit too of, you know, January 1st and resolutions. And hopefully, you know, if you are starting a new year right now, you spend some time over the summer to kind of think about, okay, how did last year go? Probably a lot of great ideas on how 2019, 2020 is going to be better than last year. You know, and, every, and uh, to use the old Mike Tyson adage, you know, everybody's got a plan until you get punched in the face. And, you know, the, I think one of the other things about this is, you know, understanding that, yeah, you're going to have a lot of energy. You're going to be fired up. If you're anything like most of the people I know in the sports industry, you're going to be raring to go with that first football game. You're going to have a million plans. You're going to have everything is, is looking good. The, 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 the grass is green and, and you're, you're ready to get started. And not to be a downer to say that that's not how it's going to be, but I think it's really important to have that plan for, okay, it's going to come you know, there's going to be challenges. There's going to be things that, that come up. How are we going to be equipped to deal with that and not let us, you know, not let it knock us off our game? Because when you're a leader, you know, you need to to set the tone for the team and you need to be, you know, if you're getting pushed off, we've all seen it. We've all been there when, you know, the quote unquote leader is off their game and, and has struggled and, you know, all of a sudden it's it's horrible, obviously, for everybody else and it's it's twice as impactful. So I think part of it too is, being ready. How do you how do you start that with a great energy and a great vision, um, but then also be ready for the um, kind of inevitable uh, bumps in the road that'll come. And and I think you know there's a there's a quote from Jeff Bezos that I think of a lot, and he talks about it kind of in in their product strategy. But I think it makes pretty universal sense is to be uh, stubborn on your vision, but then flexible on the details. You know, so I think that's kind of what you were talking about, Kevin, is saying. You know, you're going to cast a vision, and you're going to have to be, you know, you're going to have to be strong on that. Uh, but exactly how it plays out, day to day, week to week, might be a little bit different. That's right, and, and you are going to get punched in the face, right? Like that's 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 part of life. That's part of business. That's part of sports. Is you're going to get hit in the face, and you you hit on it because as a leader, you're going to set the tone with how you respond to that adversity. And they're not going to remember that great speech that you gave, right, to kick off the beginning of the year if a week later you're not living it out, right? As soon as stress hits, you took a hard left and you started dominating everyone and, and just being a jerk or disconnecting or whatever it may be. You've got to, you've got to set that, that vision and that tone from day one, and you've got to live it on day two, and you've got to live it on day 30, and you've got to live it on day 60, um, regardless of the circumstances. Because whatever is happening, the vision is the vision, right? And, and as you said, love that quote how we're going to get there is going to change, right? We've got to be flexible. We've got to be adaptable, which is, which is key to any kind of success and, and, and growth. 
but you've got to, the leader has to, to lead the way every single day. That doesn't mean you're perfect. That doesn't mean you don't stumble. That doesn't mean you don't make mistakes. So don't, don't hear that burden, but your team is looking to you as kind of that, that, um, what's possible. Like where, where are we going? Where are we running? If they see you start to waver in that belief and that optimism, that's just going to multiply and filter down into the team and throughout the entire organization. And so I think this, this beginning of the year is a catalyst. It's a foundation. Um, but if you as a leader aren't healthy, that foundation crumbles, right? It just becomes a speech that doesn't carry any weight um, as the season, as the year progresses. Yeah, I think it's another it's another good opportunity, and we've talked about this, and I, there was actually a, an email that you sent out a while back um, on your Culture Wins daily emails, and I'll give you, guys, I'll give you a shameless plug. Um, it's a great thing to sign up for, and hopefully everybody has done that because there's, there's always some good things to kind of start your day and, and think about there. But you had one a, a few months back, actually, that was talking about how leaders sometimes feel like they need to be disconnected and cold and kind of above it, but, you know, to... to to make it personal is when you're going to really make those connections at last. And, and, and how do you do that? How do you take that next step as a leader and say, okay, these relationships matter. I want my team to know that I, that I really care about them. I think that's how you can kind of compound, uh, you know, the strengths that you have as a leader. So Kevin, I guess I'd like, you know, it'd be great for you if you could elaborate on that a little bit of how, how can you make it personal, more personal as a leader? How can you connect with your team in a way that, that really will build, uh, build up that purpose and that, that passion of working together. Yeah, I think uh, it, this idea, I know I repeat this, so I, I would apologize, except I'm not sorry about it. For, for leaders is to be intentional, right? You, to, that, that vision only comes to life if you connect it to your people and if you connect with your people. Uh, now, that doesn't mean, again, we want to be really clear about, about leadership. If you are the athletic director of a 300-person department, it is not your job to lead 300 people. You're casting a vision for 300 people. Your job is to lead your top line leaders and to lead them in a way intentionally that they can multiply that leadership into their top line leaders where they multiply it into their top line leaders and it multiplies throughout the organization. So your job is not to directly lead those 300, 400, those 100 people, but there will be some level of relationship with each person. And for a lot of that, that's going to be informal, right? It's going to be passing someone in the hallway. Hey, how's it going? How's your weekend? Right? Those little things you're not going to remember, remember it, but it's going, to make, it's going to mean the world to that person that you interacted with, that you stopped and you said hello to them, that you encouraged them. Hey, hope you have a great day. Hey, hope you have a great week. Keep working hard. We love it. We appreciate you. Um, so those types of things are, are critical. And, and it, it's also reminding your people of the vision all the time. That may be like the key role of a leader is consistently reminding their people of the vision. That may be like the main role um, because they're going to forget it. Right? When things get busy, when things get stressful, um, when things get chaotic, they're going to forget, why, why am I even doing this? What, does this even matter? What are we even here for? So you have to consistently be stirring up that vision in people, which only happens if you're connecting with people. Uh, and there's kind of an old marketing rule that people have to hear something seven times before they make a decision, right? before they act on it, before they buy it. I think the same is true with our people and the vision. Right? They've got to hear it all the time before they buy into it, but they also have to see you living it. Um, and again, that's, that's mostly going to come not from you standing up at the, the, the all staff meeting at, at the beginning of the year and, and preaching that vision. It's how you live it every day, how you connect with them on a consistent basis. And so you have to be making time with your people, both formal and informal, um, in order to keep, keep you connected to them and them connected to the vision. Yeah, it's a great point. And I, I like the idea of having to, to hear it so many times to really internalize it. And it kind of reminds me of, you know, there's an adage, um, 
with, uh, I think it's a Navy SEALs about you, you'll sink to the level of your training, you know, when things come, come down. And I think there's a lot, you know, not as dramatically, but when we're in an office and when we're in an apartment and a culture, you're going to sink to the level of your culture and, and where that's been set, you know, as far as saying, you know, you're going to, once things start getting up and down, you're going to, you know, kind of fall down to that level of where we've established the culture. So that's even more important to just say, we're going to have it, you know, we're going to internalize it. We're going to live it every day. It's not just on day one. And then, you know, at the next big game or the next uh, all staff meeting, you're living it every day because that's, uh, you know, it's always easy to do it um, and to have everything going well when everything's going well, but we live in sports. There's wins and losses too. You know, you can't, you can't control uh, a lot of us can't control the, the games and, and how our teams are doing and, and how the performance is, uh, but you can always impact that culture. And that's a, it's a huge thing is that we tend to have inconsistent cultures because we have inconsistent leaders. And, and when I say inconsistent culture, I don't mean inconsistent performance because sometimes the performance is out of our control, right? Ball bounced a certain way, dropped a pass, you know, thing, things happen. But when we have inconsistent leadership, people, uh, people are frustrated. People are confused. There's not clear communication, bitterness and drama and frustration. All these things settle in. And it's like, wait a minute, this is not the culture that we wanted. Like, well, we have to look in the mirror. A- am I the leader that, that I said I was going to be? Am I the same leader who stood up in front of staff uh, in August? Am I that same leader in October? And so I, I think being really intentional with, with that. And I think the other piece is, is, you know, leaders can get really frustrated that their people don't get it. Um, and again, that some of that goes back to it's, it takes them more times to hear it. Um, they have to see you living it. But I also think we have to have realistic expectations for our people. It's like that GA shouldn't get it like you get it, right? They're not paid to get it like you get it. Right. Um, their, their commitment level should not be the same as, as you. So you have to be pretty, pretty um, aware of like, wait a minute, I'm the AD or I'm the head coach. I'm paid to have a lot more buy-in. I'm paid to have a lot more commitment. I'm paid to care a lot more, to be a lot more committed to this culture, to this, this vision than this person. So just because their effort or their quote unquote commitment doesn't look the same as yours, doesn't mean they're not committed. Um, doesn't mean they're not bought in. We have to have some perspective and realize that there's different levels of commitment at different levels of the organization. And that's not a bad thing. You can tell when someone's actually disengaged, we can't say that someone's not doing enough when um, they're not paid to do enough. There's just just based on the, the the natural structure of an organization, the buy-in is going to be different. So I think you have to be aware of that and not burn people out with unhealthy expectations, um, but instead value them for actually what they are contributing. Because I would argue most are probably contributing over what they should be, and so we need to actually value that and appreciate that versus criticize and complain about that. Yeah, I think that's right, and I think you're probably right with that with that kind of guesstimate that you know if you're doing a good job hiring and 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 you're doing doing that that well you know people are really trying to do their best for the most case um, obviously obvious exceptions but you know another thing you said about other people not getting it and not embracing it and understanding the vision you're right the ga isn't isn't paid enough and it's just not realistic to think that they might get it to the very uh degree but you know setting that message and, and casting that vision is your job right you know if you're not if, if it's not connecting you've got to look internally sometimes and say okay I know how, what I'm thinking. I know why it makes sense. We've talked about this a million times too. And it's because it's, it's pretty universal and it's pretty important. You know, you, you don't understand what's going on in other people's head and they don't understand what's going on in yours. So your job is to communicate, communicate and communicate it more. 
um, so that you know they they can understand it, and and you're doing everything that you can do um, to let it sink in. And and to even go beyond that, when we're talking about you know how we start well, um, the beginning of a year, beginning of a season, I think you as a leader have to be able to attach that vision to each person. Right? Why does it? Why should this vision matter to this person? Now, again, I'm not saying the entire organization. That's unrealistic. But to your 10 to 12, whatever, your your key leaders, what's their role in this vision, and why should this vision matter to them? Can you can you make it personal to them? All right, because the organization's vision is not going to be their personal vision. That that's not how the world works. Now, it shouldn't be counter to their personal vision, right? That's when you have some real issues, and, and people shouldn't be around. But you, we have to make the organizational vision somehow personal. To, to our people. And so if you can do that with your key leaders, then again, they can multiply that down to where then it does become personal to that GA. Hey, this is your role. This is where we're going. Here's why you matter in this. Here, you know, this is what your day-to-day looks like, but this is why it's really critical. And this is the impact it has in our overall culture, our, the overall vision. Um, but if, if you want to make it personal to them, you have to know them. You have to make time to them. Hey, what do you want? Where do you want to be? Great. Okay, well, let's see how that makes sense within the personal vision of our organization. If it doesn't, then again, maybe they need to, to go and you help them find something else. But if you can make the vision personal to people, they commit. Right? Otherwise, it's just a job. Otherwise, it's just a paycheck. But when they feel like they're actually contributing to something that matters and, and that they know that their role matters, then things kind of start coming to life. No, that's a great point. One other thing I think about uh, this getting started and, and you know, I... I realize some of the things that I've said, it's almost sounds kind of like a downer, you know, of, you know, things are going to go wrong and things are going to get bumpy and things are going to not go the way you planned. But uh, I guess I would, I would kind of bookend that with saying that, especially for us in sports, it's so important to enjoy the journey. And that's not me being kind of Pollyanna-ish and realizing that you guys aren't working a ton and doing a lot of work for sometimes way too little money um, with way too many headaches. But at the end of the day, you know, I have an old coworker used to tell me that, you know, we still work in the uh, toy section of life. You know, we're still in the, uh, the, the, the fun business. Um, and again, I know that could sound um, very naive to some people who are, who are maybe a little bit more jaded and I get that. And I've seen the good, the bad and the ugly of this industry uh, close up. So um, I guess one thing I would do is to bring a challenge to people who are listening to remember that, you know, you're working in a very, very special um, atmosphere. One that, is a lot of people would would kill to have any um, involvement in, and I think you know the the example I always say is you know when you're in a stadium, you know there's there's maybe a couple hundred people who are paid to be there, and there's sometimes tens, sometimes hundreds of thousands of people who are paying to be there. And you know I think it's always good to take just I don't know maybe it's five or ten seconds before the the big events and just kind of hey absorb this, go hey you know what this is pretty cool. Seventeen year old me would have you know, gotten such a kick out of working this game or saying that you get paid to, to work in sports or whatever. So I would, I would still, you know, challenge everybody to, to take a little bit of that perspective and, and really kind of enjoy the journey because it's going to be a long year and, you know, we're going to see you, those of you in college, we're going to see it in ACTA. Probably it's going to feel like, you know, the flick of a switch and, and we'll be there and this year will fly by um, with a lot of work. But um, take the time to kind of sit there and, and enjoy the journey a little bit. Yeah, I think perspective is such a critical thing, right? And you know, again, we, if, if you're working in this industry, this is where you chose to be. Uh, and you, you were there last year. Some of you have been there for 20, 25, 30 years. So you, you know what the grind looks like. Uh, and there are hard days. There are long days, right? Work is work. Um, but you're getting to work in college sports. 
And, and in the midst of all the, the stress and all the work and the long days, it should be, we should try to make it as fun as we can. We should try to stir up gratitude in the midst of that. Like, you know what? Like I'm tired. It's been a long week. It's been a long month. It's been whatever crossover season. Um, but I'm lucky and grateful to get to do what I get to do, to provide for myself, to provide for my family. I'm lucky to be around these student athletes, to be around these other administrators. Um, and so to, to, it's, it's easy to start complaining and to get negative, uh, especially when we're stressed out and tired. Uh, but if we can back up and, and have some perspective and realize like, we've got it pretty good. Um, I'm, in a, I'm, I'm in a great spot. Um, let's be appreciative of that and then go make it more fun. Because um, if we're negative, that's just going to spread everyone around us. So if we can walk in, again, like you said, not trying to be Pollyanna, not trying to be like fake positivity or fake optimism. It's just, it's just owning our perspective. And most people uh, don't do that, right? Most people, we, they, they struggle in that process and they get negative. Instead of saying, no, I'm going to fight against that negativity and instead choose gratitude, which gives me some better perspective um, so I can approach this with a better energy, which is going to make you a better leader, going to make you a better employee, going to make you a better teammate. Um, so perspective is such a critical thing. All right. So that was fun. Uh, talking about how to start things well, um, start new seasons well, start new school years well. Hopefully that was useful because again, we, we want to con- consistently challenge you guys to flip that switch um, from accidental to intentional, right? How do you start well? How do you maintain the momentum uh, of a strong, healthy start? How do you have a healthy perspective in the midst of busyness? Because again, you, you show up opening day and there's excitement, there's hope, there's belief, and those are all good things. And, and hopefully that you're, you're experiencing that at the beginning of a year but the key is to maintain that, right? And that's how you create a culture of consistency, a, a culture that people want to be a part of, is when that's, that's not just the mindset on, on day one, that is the mindset on day 30 and day 90 and day 200. And so hopefully that was uh, enjoyable. Hopefully you guys learned some things. So that was episode 29 of the Sports Leadership Podcast. On behalf of Mark Hodgkin and myself, thank you guys for listening. Thanks for all the comments, for the reviews. Um, share this with your friends for those who you think it would be helpful for. If you guys have any comments, any suggestions, any feedback, you know where to find us on Twitter at Kevin DeShazo at Mark underscore Hodgkin. Uh, have a great day and we'll see you guys soon. <laughs>